Welcome, everyone, to the Tiniest Book Club, the show where we talk about a book until we're done reading it. We are your hosts. I am Francis, a.k.a. The other guy right over there is EVP. Hello, E. Hi. We have uh, continued to read this fine book by Neil Gaiman called American Gods. A a fine, 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 fine book, if I do say so myself. I'm only six chapters in, and we're at a pretty steady pace, actually. Even though we did skip a week, but, you know, life happens. We get busy. It's difficult to... um, Again, life happens. And so we are back again for some brand new stuff. Now, last we left our adventures. Uh, can we even call them that? I don't really know. What are they? What do you want to call them? Are they heroes? Are they... Protagonists. <laughs> oh, all right. We'll just go with the... We'll go with that. <laughs> sure. Uh, we'll go with protagonists. Uh, the protagonists here are, um, right now at least, are Shadow and um, Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday. Yeah, those are our two pro- protagonists right at this moment. Uh, they, they found themselves in a small town. So, uh, give us a little synopsis of this chapter three. Like, what actually happened? Oh, uh, Shadow know. just got through meeting with um, that one kid. Yeah, that millennial in the limo. Person. Yeah, and then he gets dropped off at the hotel, mm-hmm. and he sees his wife. Yeah, I mean, he does, and what he thinks is a dream originally. Yeah. So first, he's he goes into his room and he takes a bath because he was promising himself the whole time that as soon as he got out of prison, he would take a nice bath. So I have a question for you. Have you uh-huh. ever taken a bath in a motel bathroom? No, I haven't. I'm not a bath person. Yeah. Well, first <laughs> off, and no offense to any motels that are, that exist out there. Um, motel bathrooms are gross. I mean, can be gross. Uh, can be. It's not necessarily know. every motel, no, no, but no, no, yeah. No, I've been to motels where or hotels where it was like really disgusting in the bathroom. You just wanted to, as soon as you're done showering, get out of there. You don't want to spend time there and hang out or anything. When I went to Ireland and I was staying at my friend's house, in order to get warm water, you had to. T- there was a machine, like a little thing attached at the tap. It was. It was literally like it would pump hot water for about a good 30 seconds before ice cold water went through the ti- through the pipes again. It was the mm-hmm. most unusual thing, but apparently it's basic. Like apparently every house, not every house, but a lot of houses in the little villages and towns in Ireland have this little machine. It's just attached to the shower head, warms up the water, gets you all nice and clean. But again, it lasts for like 30 seconds. If that I had to stay at the wet when, when my friend got married, I stayed at the hotel at where he got married at. And I was freaking out because I was afraid I was going to have to use this machine for like, you know, a few days more. And luckily they had regular tap, but mm-hmm. my fear was there. And it wasn't like it was supposed to be like, um, like a fancy hotel. I mean, I guess so. <laughs> Your hotel. You're totally just like hotel shaming. I know a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but it, the, the room was nice overall. Like it was a nice room and all, but. Ooh. Uh, so yes, yeah, so he, he gives himself a bath. So he's keeping a promise to himself, even though it's in a really crappy bathroom. Yeah. And then after his bath, then he comes out and he sees his wife, and he thinks it's a dream the whole time. Mm-hmm. But 
he realizes that soon after that it's not a dream because she's starting to talk to him and tell him things about the affair. Yes. Yeah. How it happened, how it started. Yeah. Um, and she doesn't necessarily feel like the way she's describing it is very technical and she doesn't feel like she doesn't know that she's hurting his feelings by saying certain things. Like she said that sex with Robbie was great. <laughs> right. For one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, he, she tried to explain it away that, you know, he, she was lonely and I guess he wasn't really getting much from his wife at the time, I think. But yeah, that she, that, you know, they just found a mutual kind of way to, 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 to cope with Shadow being in prison. You know, and so they found it in each other, and and yeah, even though she's dead, like she's no, but, clearly yeah, dead. but the way that she explained it to him was just hurtful. I feel it, it was. I would agree. It was cold, but you know, maybe because she's a corpse, she doesn't necessarily feel like have the same kind of empathy and feelings that a living person does. True. So I think because of that, she was more insensitive to to his feelings. And I think it kind of is hinted at that he went to prison for her. It's like, or he, she was involved in something that she was a part of. Yeah, it sounded like she set something up for him, like some. It's, I think it was a robbery or some sort that got him to prison. Yeah, but it was something she helped set up for him to do in order to make some quick cash or something. But yeah, because she was. He said something that he went to jail for her, or. Yeah, right now they're she did. I I, for, I forget the exact wording. Yeah, they're being pretty vague about it. Uh, for probably for good reason because that's going to be like revealed later on, most likely. Yeah, most likely be revealed later on. But for now, yeah, you're right. There, there's that deeper connection. I really like that they're uh, they're just not spilling the beans like a lot of uh, like a lot of authors probably by now would be like, well, this is what happened. They lay it out, you know. But it's yeah, like those movies, you know, where the villain always gives away everything they do. Like, hey, this is why I'm doing it. They don't do that. Yeah, there's lots of like dialogue and um, not a lot of showing. Mm -hmm. I feel like he does it um, pretty well with like the sprinkling of clues here and there. Mm -hmm. So you're able to maybe figure it out as you're reading or, well, yeah. you know, be completely shocked. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a more realistic conversation because they're not trying to think like, oh, who doesn't know what's going on? They already act like – well, because they already both know what happened. Yeah, they both know what happened. So yeah. it's not like they have to explain the whole situation to each other again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so – And then he goes to say goodbye to her and kisses her. Mm -hmm. But then not before she thanks him for the gift. So she, he knows for a fact that's her then because it's the coin that he tossed into her grave. Yeah. So she got that. And then after she leaves, he goes and tells Wednesday about it. And then he finally goes back to his room and thinks about all the good times that he had with Laura when they first were married and when they were first together. And then he finally mourns. Like we finally get to see him mourn on some level. Well, he cries his himself to sleep, right? Yeah, and yeah. he said that he hasn't done that since he was a child. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, that was a, it was a really humanizing moment for him. Yeah. So then they have the coming to America part with mm -hmm. people coming from. I'm guessing it's like Vikings because of the way that it was described. This one was about the men who came on boats mm -hmm. 
and they came to America. When they finally get there, they build like a place with walls, guessing like an area they could live in, Mm -hmm. build themselves like a house or something, a large house. Yeah. And then they can't find any food and they can't find any people. But then one day they run into like a native. Mm -hmm. The way they described him was like dark hair, dark eyes and like reddish skin. And then they feed him and they end up like partying with him the whole night. Right. And then they sacrifice him to Odin. Yes. Yes. The hanging God by just hanging him from a tree. That's right. And they thought it was a good omen because of the way that he died, I want to say. like The way he died and then two crows, was it crows or ravens? It was crows, yeah. Yeah, crows landed on his shoulder and started like pecking at him. And that was like a symbol of Odin. So they're really happy. Right. They felt like their god found them on this new land. Yeah, they were happy. Yeah, they were, they were appeasing their god. Mm-hmm. Because at first, I I remember reading something that at first they were kind of worried that their god didn't see them there or wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Right. But it, then it, yeah. the leader was reminding them that, oh, he's the all-father, so he, like, created everything. He could be here. Mm-hmm. So they were more encouraged by that. But then as winter came, they couldn't find any food, and they couldn't find any women, which is one of their goals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so one day they look at where they hung the guy and he's gone, completely gone. And then the next morning they all get killed by, by other people. Right. Or, or was it by, right. yeah, 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 yeah. They all get killed by, um, I'm guessing the native Americans. Yeah. They don't really explain. Yeah. But they all get, it says they all, all 30 men got killed their 30 different ways. Mm-hmm. So they all got murdered. And then the people who murdered them burnt their structures to the ground and just, hoped that no one from that land would ever come again. So the author is interjecting these little snippets of, of short story into the main story. And it's try, I guess like my guess is that it's trying to establish like that one didn't really stick with me uh, that much because you, you reminded me of the story as you, as you told me more of it, but I, I don't, I don't like when you first said, Oh, the coming to America uh, bit. I was like, I don't remember any of this stuff. You know, uh, and then, and then I, I mean, now I do a little bit, but it, I don't look, I don't necessarily like those bits. The The second one we're going to be talking about later on, I actually did like, but this first, that first one I did, I don't know. I think it was too generic. There wasn't anyone to hold on to. Like there wasn't any character to hold on to. Um, like the next, that, I felt that, like the God itself was something to hold on to just because they were supposedly one of the first people to come see America. So it was sort of like they brought their God to America, to the United States. That makes more sense. Maybe I, maybe I just didn't get that, you know, but that makes Yeah. I felt like that's what it was because they, at the end, they state that Leif Erickson mm-hmm, yeah. ends up coming like maybe a hundred years later. And he's, he finds his gods already there. Yeah. Right. We're waiting for him. So it's yeah. sort of, like um, hinting at the fact that the gods come with the immigrants or with the people coming to right. the new land. Yeah, the gods are like attached to the people. So in other words, if the people yeah. go somewhere, the gods like come with them. Yeah, parts or essences, or I guess essence. It's not necessarily just with them. It's like whoever they choose to worship that they can like 
that's when they go with them. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's weird. Yeah, it's like they're transplanting some of their belief onto a land and then becomes a part of the land or part of where they are. So that's really, it was really interesting. Yeah, it was a really interesting, now that, yeah, I mean, that concept is really interesting. Again, I don't remember that portion of the book or that portion of the chapter. (laughs) But, um, yeah, because I remember, like I'm telling you, you know, the the scenes with with the well, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. What what happens next? Uh, then we go into chapter four. Oh, now we're in chapter four. Okay. So you do you remember any part of chapter four? So chapter four is when they're traveling. That they go up to they they go to meet the fortune tellers, right? Oh no, it's the the heist. It's the heist, right? No. No. Which um, one's? that's when they go to Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Chicago. And they pack the cab at a haba. The haba. Yeah. Um, no, so they that's when they meet. They go to Chicago mm-hmm. straight from there. Do lots oh, of driving. Oh, right, 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 right. And that's but that's when they meet the fort. That's the fortune tellers, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So okay, so I, I reversed it. So we meet the fortune tellers first. Yeah, Zoria, Zoya. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking up their names. I'm not. I'm not gonna because I don't want to see spoilers here and hear find out that they're the ones that saved the world at the end or something like. I'm, <laughs> I don't. I don't need any of that business right now. I need. Uh, I need you to to remind me because you're gonna keep me spoiler free. Okay, so Zoria, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then they also meet Chernabog, which is the dude. Yeah, the dude, and then Zoya Uchenyaya, mm-hmm. and then there's one sister that he didn't meet. Initially named Zoria Polichinaya or something like that. Right, they're kind of they're, they're like gypsies, um, but they are fortune tellers. Yeah, but one of them says she's really good at it because she just tells them all happy things, right? And everyone else can't do it because they're unwilling to lie and say nice things about people. Yeah, they just tell them the truth, <laughs> uh, which nobody wants to hear the truth. Uh, I complete. I can completely relate to that for sure. <laughs> um, it, it was a it was a meeting because they needed to um, they needed to recruit the the dude. I'm just gonna call him the dude because his name is hard. Trinabog. Trinabog. Yeah. Yeah. Chernabog and um, he, Chernabog, him and Wednesday went to see them and he wanted to recruit them for the, the um, secret meeting or something. Well, we don't know that, what it is yet. We yeah. don't know exactly what it is, but, but for a job. he's yeah. trying to recruit people. We don't know exactly what it is, but it's just for his endeavor. And Chernabog is really hesitant. He does not want to join. He thinks whatever Wednesday's up to is a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. Shadow offers to play chess with him. Checkers. Checkers. Yeah, checkers. And he says he bets him that if he loses, then Chernabog gets to like Cause he used to beat be, him upside the head. <laughs> right. Because he, what he used to do, he used to, he used to, oh, he had a job where he had a hammer. He had a hammer. He was the one that um, initially when they used to um, process cattle. That's it. They, he would kill the cattle using the hammer. And he actually mentioned it. wouldn't it. be like the way they do it now, but he would just do it where he'd like conk them upside the head and they would they would die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. So yeah. It, so it, since he does that, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm guessing that it has something to do with how he was um, worshipped before. I, I have no idea. Right. We're assuming these guys are, are gods as well because they – I think they live a long time. Like they've been alive for a while. I think they hinted well, at that. I knew Trenobog was a god just because – just from – The name? Folklore. Mm. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, uh, I guess so. Because the name itself, I, I, I wouldn't have known based off the name. I've never heard of the name before. So he loses the first time. Which means that Trinderbog gets to, to hit Shadow over the head with a hammer. But because of his advanced age, they're hoping he'll just paralyze him. That it won't him. hurt. <laughs> well, that'll like not kill him. That'll just, yeah, yeah then it just won't kill him. And then um, he says, okay, two out of three. And that time, the second one, he wins. And I guess the third one, he wins. Because it ends up with Trinobog having to join. Right. Wendy's. Yeah. Like Shadow goes into like the Matrix or something and has like superpowers of playing checkers or something. Because <laughs> he, you know, it, it's like he disappears within himself and just like wins that game completely. It was really cool. Just like how they just mm-hmm. kind, of, kind of described that scene. Um, but yeah, he wins twice. And uh, even though uh, Wednesday was like, I got, I had this covered or whatever. Like he thought he had it covered and Shadow was just like, yeah, I got it or whatever. So. Yeah. But it seemed like, it seemed like Mr. Wednesday was happy about it. He felt really, it seems like they're getting to know each other better and, he was sort of proud on him, of him on some level. Well, because he took the initiative to do that. Yeah, I mean, Shadow is still, he, you know, he has a he's he has kind of a vague job description. You know what I mean? Like, what is his job? And so here he he had the opportunity to play checkers or to to kind of um, manipulate the situation, and he did. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know. I I, I don't. <laughs> I did, I did, I wasn't a fan of how it started off with, I guess, like, who just, who's agree, who agrees to say, okay, you know what, if I win, if you win, you can kill me, you know, but. I don't know, he seems pretty gung-ho for everything, which I kind of find surprising. There's not, like, a level of um, shock to the things he's doing, but it just seems that even with his wife, it seems like it's just in his character, even in prison, it's just. He does it, and it's not like he's... He's impulsive. No, it's not like he's choosing to do anything. He just sort of goes along. He goes with the flow. Sort of. Mm. Because when his wife asked him to do that, it wasn't like he protested or got any information about it. She's like, yeah, sure. Right. And then does it. Uh, Yeah. Wasn't Robbie a part of that scheme, too? I'm I'm not sure. Uh, Anyway, uh, so... I thought it was mentioned. I thought she mentioned. But anyway, uh, yeah, so he, he convinces them. They have dinner. Which she doesn't really care for, but mm-hmm. Mr. Wednesday seems like love it, like loves it. <laughs> uh, he just doesn't eat well. The funny thing is, you know, I do like the little scenes because, you know, there's a couple of scenes we kind of just glossed over uh, from the previous chapter regarding Mr. Wednesday because it, it adds, it, it kind of shows a bit of his character when he right. had the, uh, the, the front desk woman in his room, you know. The motel. Was it the front desk woman from the motel in his, that was in his room? I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a, there was a little bit of a scene where he, oh, I just, I had and I lost it. Where Wednesday did something else. And it was just, it's just like these little tiny things that kind of give you insight into, the, into his character. Right. And so. Just about, yeah, what he's like. Yeah, he seems like he kind of gets anything that he wants. Well, yeah. Well, he is. He you get an idea that he is really mischievous. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't. He just kind of. He, he's kind of like Shadow in the sense of he doesn't go with the flow, but he kind of just does whatever feels right. You know, at the time, 
I feel like his is more of a deliberate thing, though, because he can kind of manipulate situations with the way he talks. You saw it in one of the beginning chapters where he's acting like he's lost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And he's sort of um, pulling a scam on the people oh. in order to fly first class. Right, right, right. Yeah. Then, no, that's true. Yeah. Which is funny for, for, you know, a god, I guess, to have to manipulate the situations. Like, he can just snap his fingers. Maybe it's just his way. way of not getting bored. <laughs> Maybe. I guess if I had that kind of power, I'd be like, ah. Oh. Or that kind of time, like, you've just been on Earth for that long. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. No, I agree. No, that's very And true. you're pretty much infallible in, in the sense that you don't, he hasn't died yet. So it's sort of like maybe he just does it to entertain himself. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with that. I would say that's probably it. I, I guess we'll know. I mean, we'll we'll definitely know more because uh, the end of the fifth chapter was like, oh, all right. Well, this is interesting. So they have dinner. I guess they go to sleep. But uh, that's when the other fortune teller sister wakes up and kind of. Soya Polinichnaya. Well, again, I don't know. I don't. You'll have, you'll have to tell me because I don't really know. I don't. I don't know their names. Yeah. So she, he sees her, mm-hmm. and they have a conversation, and she's telling him a story about how there were three sisters. I'm guessing it's their story. Yeah. Three yeah, sisters: one story. that would watch in the day mm-hmm. or morning, mm-hmm. one that would watch at dusk, and one that would watch at night. So she's the sister that watches at night because mm-hmm. supposedly there is like monsters that came out of the moon or some to that effect, something to that effect. And they had to watch and make sure it wouldn't happen. Yeah. 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 And, um, they were guardians of the moon. Yeah. 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 So, um, they're having a conversation. It kind of seems like he like sort of has a quasi crush on her or he thinks that she's like really good looking or something. Well, yeah, they kind of hint that she doesn't look as old as the other two sisters. That she has a much more... No, but this is, like, I'm guessing it's because of, like, he's been in prison so long. And he, like... Maybe. I don't know. Because it it seems there was a portion of it where he became, like, aware of what she was wearing. Oh, her nightgown and her boobs yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, I don't know. That's, I, don't <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I, I don't know if that's necessarily because of his time in prison and him having been. I'm alone. not gonna put anything past it. Yeah. I mean, if I think it's part of her power, actually. I think it's just part of like her being a god. You know, I think that's just like something that's within her. Well, abilities. if it's in her thing, it wouldn't necessarily be like sex appeal. But I, I also think it's again like because we they went into you know he went into detail or the the, the author went into detail. With the other two sisters, who were just like, oh, and and Trinobog, how they were old and kind of just like weary and decrepit, and then you know when the, the third sister comes out, they're like, oh well, she's kind of got. Well, she's the baby. She was born last. She was the last born. So obviously, she's going to be younger. Yeah. So I think that's kind of part of it. It's like, well, she's still maybe she still retains some of her beauty, but despite being maybe she's a Helen Mirren, you know. Amongst all of these older, you know, all of these older, older uh, fortune tellers, she's just this, like, she still has her sex appeal, despite being as old as she is. And yeah, maybe, you know, look, he hasn't, he hasn't, you know, had well, an because, opportunity Well, um, because part of the thing with him was that as soon as he got out of prison, he wanted to basically just be with his wife in that yeah. sense. 
in that sense. You know, we could say I mean, sex. I mean, he didn't like spell that out exactly, okay. but he said that they he would take a bath, put on like a fluffy robe, mm-hmm. and then like go with his wife and not get just like get disturbed except to like eat food here and there. Yeah, look, I mean, so I, I'm. I'm under the impression that that's what it was. Um, maybe, maybe. It, the, the funny thing is that, you know, he didn't, I guess he wasn't around any other women up until, well, yeah. Not really. Not really. Um, not anyone in anything revealing because yeah. um, he's only seen like her family, his wife's family, his wife's corpse mm-hmm. and the wife's best friend. And then just people who are like serving them. But, Right. Um, yeah. And I guess, I don't know. I mean, you, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I haven't seen anything blatant when it comes to that type of stuff. So maybe, maybe, I mean, I'll have to take a word for it, you know, because I don't really, for I'm, me, I'm just guessing. I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't know. Anyways, yeah. so they have the conversation and then she says something to the effect of like something with the moon. Well, she has, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she, well, she does a th- she does a little trick with the moon, right? Mm-hmm. And she captures the moon, quote unquote, cra- captures the moon. He hands it to him in the form of a coin, mm-hmm. and she says, "You already had um, one that was better than this or greater than this, but you you lost it or gave it away or something." Yeah. So I'm guessing that's hinting at the coin again. Well, right. And then- yeah. Yeah. And then she says, "Just keep this one safe. Like, don't give this one away." I, I thought it was Wednesday who said that. I don't. I, thought, I didn't know. It was, I thought it was Wednesday who said that afterwards, because he sees the because she, he sees her or he, he and Wednesday sees Shadow playing with the coin. He says, "Well, I know what you did with the gold one. Be sure you keep that one because they're you know they don't just hand." No, them out. I distinctly remember her saying something okay. to the effect of, "Um, that you had the." better one or something like the brother of this coin or something people the who, older yeah. brother people who've read the book are screaming at us right now like get it right it's like, yeah, i've read the book <laughs> yeah we've all we both read the book we've both read this oh, we're just like yeah look this is how we do it all right if you don't like it write to us um but yeah, uh, yeah. So now he has another coin. He has another magic coin. After that, then I guess we see that little clip that you were talking about. Oh, was that after that? Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I like that we call it a clip. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's like a little story in the middle of a large story. It was a. It was a longer. It was a longer story than the the coming to the America coming to America one, right? Like, yeah, it was. was. Full on. Follow. So there was, uh, you know, it, it tells the story of a woman who I don't, I don't know what era. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking it's like 1800s era. Apparently, very lovely. Ends up being the servant of a wealthy household. Falls in love with the son of this wealthy household, but that's a no-no. So she's this, yeah, no, she's this lovely woman, and and interjected with with this woman, they're talking about how they punish people for crimes uh, in the UK during that era in which they put people on ships to sail in indef- sometimes indefinitely. And people would often sneak off of those ships, change their name and try to live back in the UK again. And so this would happen for a while. And uh, she, what did she do? What did she do to get transferred or what did she do to get the ship? What there? happened was she, yeah, she fell in love with son yeah. and she, she at the time was giving up. Our- 
offerings to like the Nixies and Pixies and that's right. Fairies. I, I, and she ended up wishing that he would fall in love with her mm-hmm. or offering an off like giving an offering so that the guy would fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. They end up having sex and she gets pregnant. Right. Yeah. But they refuse for her to be, or they refuse it them to be together because he's of higher standing and she's just like a servant girl. help. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so she gets angry at the family and then she, she has another guy, like she meets another guy later on and then they end up, she convinces him to steal, like rob That's the, right. um, rob guy. the rich house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the guy she was with got sentenced to some, Horrible punishment. Yeah, so she, she's yeah, so she's pregnant. Okay, yeah, so the so they they put her on a ship. Yeah, and then when she gets on the ship, she's still doing her same old stuff, offering the offerings to people. Yep, it seems like she's really loyal to her her gods, quote unquote gods, and to the fairy her, tales that she was told as a child. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which she brought from her home in Ireland. I'm guessing, right? And then. After well, she gets, oh, she she convinces the guy that's on the ship to take her back to take take her back as his wife. Was it as his wife? I just remember he she went she was able to get back and like she was on the street. No, nope, she convinced him to be his mm. the um her hus her husband, and he did it because I'm guessing she was like really pretty and young or something. Well, they keep that was the emphasis was that she is really pretty, so. Right. And then, um, so she, she goes there and she's just hanging out at his house because if she's seen anywhere, even if she's quote unquote married to the guy, she's, she can still get charged for it because she's not done with her sentence yet. And killed. Yeah. Yeah. So she, um, hangs out with him and the family and the mom is like calling her as, um, her daughter-in-law and everything. And then as soon as the guy goes back out to sea, then she like ditches. <laughs> yeah. Right. She runs. Yeah. And that's what <laughs> she she's, yeah. steals from them and leaves. Mm-hmm. And after she's on the streets, after- she's learning how to do like, she's trying, she's learning to be a better pickpocket. She's learning to be a better, like all these different, she learned some skills, you know, out on the streets, not like those kind of skills, like, you know, like survival skills. Right. With mm-hmm. her- yeah. She's just basically, um, a thief in pit pocket. Mm-hmm. And then um, she gets found. Somebody finds her that from her old life. Well, the, the, like, the guy, it was the guy, right? Was it? I thought, it yeah. wasn't her husband. No, 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 no. It was the, the original guy, the son, the son. Sees oh, right. Her. Yeah. The yeah. Son- so he sees her and then she gets charged again. But for some reason, again, she's pregnant somehow. No, no. She only has the one kid though. No, yeah. she, she, she only has the one kid? Yeah. Because, okay, so at this point, she has the kid. She has the one kid. The guy recognizes her. Instead of getting killing her, they force her on a ship. She makes her way to America where she meets a farmer whose wife has died. No, it's no. not the part. I'm thinking that because I know that the reason why she got reprieved for the second time was because she was pregnant. Well, then maybe she was pregnant the second time with the captain and not with the because when 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 she's there in America, she only has, she has one half child. Yeah, she only has one child and one that's hers. So she doesn't have a second child. So there must have been another reason why they put her back on the ship. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, maybe she was a pleading. For, uh, maybe maybe the son pleaded for her. I don't, I don't remember. I'm not don't make sure me look this up because I will look it up and then I'll be spoiled <laughs> and then it's like. And it'll be like a long pause. Um, um, yeah. So she goes to America to the colonies to the new land, and there's a guy who um, his wife recently passed away and he has kids, mm-hmm. right? She uh, he has uh she has a they have uh, uh two kids I think. Yeah, new baby, and she needs to be the wet nurse, basically, mm-hmm. and caretaker for the kids. And as time passes, he sort of falls in love with her, and she convinces him to get married. Mm-hmm. They end up getting married, and she lives, like, a really long life. Like, it seems like she's really prosperous, mm-hmm. except for the fact that, like, her husband dies, and her son dies, and her other son is the killer. Yes, because they were, but they both fancied um, the sister. I want to say it was like it was either. I think it was the sister, right? Something like they were both. They were both. I'm thinking it was like a a girl. I don't think it I was. was the I thought it was the sister. I honestly thought it was the sister I because I remember it was, it was like it was the half sister because I remember it was that was it was weird because well one of them would be like his the full sister yeah. But it, it, she, I think it was like this half brother was jealous of the other brother's um, attention towards the sister or something like that. And they kills him. And yeah. So, um, yeah, he kills him. And then, um, I'm guessing the, her, her, her son where it was, you know, from the UK, her first son. Well, yeah. Was, um, he left, right. He ran away because he was going to get convicted for it or something. Right. And then, um, Time passes. It seems like lots of time passes. And she's telling her, she's still offering her offerings. She tells her kids and her grandkids stories about all the things from back home. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she's really loyal. You yeah. Know? Yeah. She, she seems to really, really kind of, um, like there, there's not a lot of flaws with this woman other than for that short stint where she was, you know, trying to survive on the streets. But that made sense. Oh, no, I meant loyal to her like beliefs. Like, oh yeah, yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. she still offers things in the middle of the night, like by her door, or because supposedly that's what you're supposed to do, right? Is like offer food, right? Is offer food, and then for a good harvest, you put bread or like um, veggies out into the field, and for like you put bread somewhere else. Like she had like all of these um, offerings, rituals, yeah, ritual offerings uh, that. That seem to actually work because each time they're like, "Oh, look at this! This this is the thing that's actually like actually happening," you know? Mm-hmm. And and yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and then she's uh, old already, and she's like sitting, doing some kind of farm chore. I forget what it was, like splitting peas or something. It was the peas, yeah. Because that's yeah, that was the peas. Yeah. And then a guy with an Irish accent, I'm guessing like that's how she recognized him Mm -hmm. from his accent comes up to her and starts talking to her. And then she realizes that it's like one of the gods I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause there's a, there's a mention of, of the gods um, with that, you know, she, he's kind of, he kind of thanks her for everything that she's done over the years. Yeah. But how about how faithful and loyal she was? Mm -hmm. And then um, he takes her hand, and then she ends up 
passing away, it seems like, right? Yeah, she, she ends up passing away because uh, they talk about how only half of the peas were were peeled and, and whatnot. Um, I'm trying to actually look for the story itself. Um because I want to get, I want to get the name of the, not of the care. I want to get the name of the. I, th- I want to say they give the name of the the guy, the guy that. Her name's Essie, right? Essie. I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna look it up. Essie. Uh, you're right. Trigo, uh, Essie Trigoin. Is that it? Essie. Oh, let me look it up. Essie. So I have Essie here. Gowan was an adventured servant who believed in fair. Okay, here we go. Good. So this is what I needed because. Um, Mad Sweeney approached the portrait of a former. Okay, so this is Essie's the person that that's the character. Yeah, that's the one that that had the thing. And Mad Sweeney is the name of the. So I guess the name is the character of Mad Sweeney. Now, I probably should have known that name because I don't think they gave a name. But no, why wouldn't they? Because that's a one-off, isn't it? That little that little story is a one-off. I don't think they continue with that story. Mad Sweeney. Mad Sweeney is the leprechaun. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because it says well, because she went. I guess she did go to prison. She says she continues to leave gifts for the leprechauns who will visit her. As the as she grows wealthier, the more she forgets to leave gifts. One day she is caught stealing lace and sent to Newgate, where she is changed, charged to return from transportation and for theft. Uh, when in prison, she strikes up a conversation with Matt Sweeney, who is the na- in the neighboring cell. Which I I remember this part, but um, I guess that the same person that was in the cell or the cell was the person that she ends up seeing at the end of the at the end of the thing. So. There you go. Well, was who was the father of her baby? So the father of her baby. Uh, let's. So here we go. The father of her baby. Um, it is the uh, son. So he, yeah, Bartholomew, the son of the house, who was leaving for Oxford. Um, yeah, it's his kid. So it's got to be his kid. It's not his kid because no. it's somebody. Um, when she was in prison. Someone talked to her and said they might take it easier on you if you're pregnant, and he ends oh, up like yeah. doing stuff with her. But I'm not sure. The warden offers her food over the next twelve weeks before her trial in exchange for sex, and she accepts. She is pregnant by the time she goes before the judge and is spared the noose and sent to the Americas instead. So it looks like the okay, the so warden the judge. impregnates her. Yeah, the warden impregnates her warden. While, in, while in prison. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Uh yeah, there you go. So yeah, oh, so, so her son uh the feel, does develop feelings for the the sister. That's uh, uh wait, no, John has developed feelings for her. Okay, so on the farm, Essie regales the two toddlers with stories about spirits and why they leave food for the gods. John has developed feelings for her, which I'm assuming is the is the sister. Because they're the only two kids, right? It's the sister that he has. It's the daughter that she has with the farmer, and then him. Um, yeah, the, the, the yeah, he ends up dying. Uh, I wish I yeah. I don't know. I, I this was that was one of the stories. Even though I don't obviously I don't remember all of it, I really liked it. I really liked that they were kind of. It, I thought it was a much better um, outline of how the like how the gods work. Like they never really do anything. But in the end, it's like, hey, by the way, thanks for doing all the stuff. You know, and they kind of acknowledge it at the end. I thought that was really cool. So, anyway, there you go. It sort of showed like the best relationship with the god so far. So far, in the yeah. stories, yeah. The, I mean, the, the because Viking he one. sort of took her hand and and she passed away, and it seemed like she was at peace with it. Mm-hmm. But it was Matt Sweeney that 
that that said that to her? Yeah, apparently. Matt Sweeney approaches an elderly S.C. McGowan on her porch. She doesn't recognize him at first to be, uh, so he tells her how he is bought, uh, how she, he was brought to the new world by her and others like her. He shows her the gold coin she left for him long ago and offers her his hand. She accepts it and dies. Ah, I see. So Matt Sweeney is the leprechaun that Shadow meant too. Yeah, so gold coins is his thing, obviously. And so he yeah. does the same thing. Which is funny because without you saying that, I didn't make the connection of him being the same leprechaun. Like I knew the guy existed, but I didn't realize they were the same people the same persons. That's Yeah, I thought there were multiple leprechauns. <laughs> I figured there are, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Okay, next time? so that's the end of chapter four. Is that the end of chapter four? Really? Wow. Oof. Cool. So what happens and in chapter five? And then chapter five. That's the that's the heist. Yeah, that's the heist. That's the heist at the bank. Um, they do like a two man con. It was pretty good. Um, and I love the mention of a now long gone business called Kinkos. They go to Kinkos. Yeah. It's like, oh, I and Kinkos. Just um. So how does it work again? They go to the bank. So he. Gets the, so he uh, goes to the ATM, puts up that it's out of order. Um, he dresses up as a security guard for one of the um, like one of those armored truck things or one of those armored things. So he he's the he ends up being the one accepting the money in place of the ATM. So he he accepts deposits, he accepts cash, he accepts whatever, and he's like, "I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it." You know, Wednesday is the one who's going to fix, you know, take care of all that business. Um, while Shadow, I think he just watched. Like, he did, you know, he would just watch and, and wait. Because he really didn't he do anything. He watched and waited. And um, he was part of the con after the end, as yeah. um, one of the people that they called. But he had to – was this the part where he had to think Snow? Right. So he, he, uh, when, uh, Wednesday tells, uh, on their way to the first job, he's like, look, uh, Shadow, I need you to just, you have powers, you have abilities. So I need you to really think about snow. And so he starts thinking about snow. And this is to help kind of, I guess, cover their tracks so it doesn't look so unusual. Um, also, and- I think the heist works best with snow just because, um, it made people want to get, out of the cold weather so long and not have to stand there and question him. Exactly. Yeah. It made it um, inconvenient for the people who came in. And so shadow f- starts meditating or something and is able to conjure snow. Yeah. He's thinking really hard about it. Like that's all he's thinking about. Like mm-hmm. it, I think there's a part in the story or in the book where he says, where it says that, as he's driving, he completely like zones out. And even though Wednesday's talking to him, he can't hear anything he's saying because he's so busy thinking snow. Yeah, he's picturing snowflakes. He's picturing, you know, what it feels like to, you know, what snow feels like. And he's able mm-hmm. to kind of just imagine it actually happening. And as he's picturing it in his own mind, it actually snows. Like snow mm-hmm. actually happens. To the point where Mr. Wednesday is like, I think that's enough. Right, he actually no. has to stop him because anymore it would have been like a, a blizzard or something. So, uh-huh. that was pretty cool. Like, it, I, you know, it's funny that Shadow has powers now. Like, he didn't. Right, he was completely unaware of. But that's another thing. Like, again, we see that he just goes along with it. 
Yeah, he doesn't question it. He's just kind of like, if you say so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just does it. what's the harm in doing it if this guy is just telling me to do something? Like, just do it, whatever. Yeah, he's very much like Nike. And so he does the snow thing. Um, and, uh, Wednesday does the, the, uh, the bank thing. And he, they knew at some point someone was going to get suspicious. You know, maybe the bank would call in or something. I think it was the bank who ends up calling in, right? No, it's the, um, oh, so a police, the thing. patrolling yeah. police officers. So they call it. So the police officer, you know, uh, sees this happening, says this is weird. This should, this shouldn't be happening. And the elaborate plan was to have Shadow play Wednesday's boss. Mm-hmm. And so when the cop calls, Wednesday play, or, uh, Shadow plays his boss and, and even Sweet talks the cop into like, Hey, if you ever decide to do security, you know, we need people like you to, you know, smart people like you to do this job. And so he, Sweet, mm-hmm. Shadow is surprisingly, um, silver tongued and is able to convince. This is another one where he was told to think very hard about this character. Mm hmm. And so yeah. he spent a lot of time thinking about it, like what he would be like and his personality. Mm-hmm. And then um, so it was easier for him to embody that character once he got the call because he yeah. spent so much time thinking like, oh, his backstory, like, oh, he does this um, in his spare time or he's this kind of boss. Yeah, no, it was really, yeah, it was really, it was really funny that he had to like develop this story for this character and it was it worked really really well so that mm-hmm. was really cool to see um and they were able to get a set amount of money i mean the, the scam worked and um i the, i love that he ad- that that game added the detail of him going to another bank and depositing all the stuff they couldn't use as cash into the into the ATM for them, right? And just like, oh yeah, we can't hold on to this stuff. Let's just give it, you know. Let's actually, you know, let's just put it somewhere. Yeah. So they actually took care of. So now that they've got the money, they decide to go to. They drive off to this place, um, this um, amusement park, I guess. Right. Was that chapter five or was that chapter six? I haven't read chapter six yet, so I'm assuming it's chapter five. I have not touched chapter six yet at all. Okay. Because so. Yeah, because what from what I recall, uh, they go to this tourist trap um, of a of a kind of like this uh, cave amusement parkish cave thing, and it's like a labyrinthine area. Apparently, it exists. This is a real place, uh, and I I don't. There's a, like a little bit of just like wandering around, and he's looking. You know, Shadow's looking at stuff, and Shadow's like, "Oh, look at this!" You know, "Hey, oh, look at this over here!" And like. Uh, I guess he wanders off on his own or something. I don't remember what happened there, but I know that they're at this this kind of amusement place, kind of just taking in the sights while uh, while Wednesday sets up this meeting. Uh, and one of the things they pass by is a carousel, uh, an old timey carousel, and uh, and they also meet up with with Hammer Boy, with Hammer Hammer Dude, Chernabog, um, Chernabog, and they're like, okay, is it, you know, I guess Wednesday's asked, like, is everything set? You know, is everything cool? Um, I'm like yeah, no, everything's good. Uh, but a lot of that, a lot of that, that scene was set up of like the actual place. You know, it was near closing time too. I think it was like an hour before they were going to close too. Some something mm-hmm. that So they're you know they're kind of uh, they're kind of you know they're, they're kind of describing the place and whatnot. And so they're they're on the carousel. It's 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 a very ancient, very old. And they're looking at it. 
and I guess it's moving slowly. And and Wednesday's like, come on, get on the carousel. It'll be a, it'll be a good time. Just okay, you know. yeah, okay. I saw that, and then the lights turned out. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. And then he saw the gods. So it ends. Dot dot dot. Right. So the the, the chapter ends with him saying, "Oh, and yeah, he, he as they're spinning around in the carousel." Um, the gods appear and he sees them. And I was like, I was, aw. I was, I was very in awe with that, that last line. I was like, Oh, finally, you know, we're getting somewhere. Like there was a part, right. Where this is like supposedly the world's largest carousel. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and it, no but, one's supposed to write on it. No, but he, for some reason they're able to write on it. Well, it's not that, I mean, you're not allowed on it and then they go on it anyway, whether you're allowed to go on it or not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 It's not like they got permission or something. <laughs> exactly. They were breaking the rules and they were getting on the, getting on the carousel. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they don't, the, the plan, we don't know what the plan is yet. All we know is, is that this meeting that Wednesday was trying to set up was with the other, uh, with the other gods. And so, mm-hmm. Chapter five ends with them meeting with the other gods. Now, that's a big reveal. I mean, that's a great reveal for this chapter. Um, I, I think that's based on my Kindle. I think it's like 22 or 23% through the book. So a quarter into the book, you know, we get to like, aha, here it is. The title sequence, you know, this Not, is. I mean, I feel like we knew something was up with. Mr. Wednesday from the beginning. Yeah, but this is con- this just conf- like everything that you even if you had your doubts, this this was the chapter that said that confirmed because they, he straight up he doesn't there's no like pussyfooting around it you know he doesn't have to tiptoe around that that topic he just says here are the gods and I thought oh well there you go it's kind of like when Will Smith says ah oh, looks like we're some kind of suicide squad or. Or when he was saying to uh, to Tommy Lee Jones, "Oh, we must be some kind of men in black," you know, like they give the title of the the movie, you know, you say it out loud. There was kind of pretty much this was the author's way of saying out loud, "Hey, uh, we're all some kind of American gods." Pretty much, like he kind of announces. Like the, mm-hmm. you don't obviously watch enough of these films. People are laughing right now. They're like, "Oh yeah, Will Smith does that in every movie." Yeah, I know he does that in every movie. <laughs> I don't know because I feel like. It was kind of implied the whole time. It was, but again, you kind of... I mean, because you kind of have to know either the guy is, like, some kind of mind reader or some kind of psychic, if he can, like, get everyone to do anything that he wants and Mm -hmm. then can, like, read your mind and know what your name is and tell you all these things about you and you're just like, um... But they still plant that seed of doubt because he had to make up a plan to get – instead of just saying – going up to these people and saying, give me your money, he still had to plant the seed of like, I need to do this elaborate – I was going to call it a prank, but it's not a prank. We had to go through this elaborate scheme to get the money. Well, he's a con man. That's just you know how he makes his living. He likes doing it like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, some people like it for like the art of doing it. He likes it because he's able to – trick people into doing something that they're unaware of. Like, I'm pretty sure he could do it like that, but it's yeah. sort of like an, an entertainment thing for him. He yeah. likes cons. It's a game for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, uh, yeah. I agree. It's uh, a definitely a good uh, vaulting off point to kind of get into what really is going on. Because we still don't have an overall plot yet. We still don't have an overall, like, 
well, why are we gathering the gods? Why is Wednesday doing all this stuff? What's the point? Like, if Shadow's the main, well, we can of, we can kind of guess, right? I can't even guess. I don't really know why he's doing it. I mean, I I, I can't even assume because if they exist, uh, what's the like? I just don't know what the end game is. You know what I mean? Like, I still don't understand. Well, it's like, kind of implied in the second chapter where um, one of the gods, the newer yeah, the, gods, the fat kid, yeah. Yeah, it was like you, you tell your boss he's worn out and washed out and, you know, he's kind of threatened him or mm-hmm. so, vicariously. So it's sort of like there has to be something with that. Yeah, I mean, I looked at that as more of like, okay, well, we know that there are older gods and we know that there are younger gods. Um, for me, I didn't look at it that way. I mean, maybe that's the case. Like, maybe now I can think, okay, well, this is now – uh, kind of a renaissance for the older gods to kind of, uh, to regain their seat of power, uh, amongst the people of America, I guess. You know, this, this, this is their way to, I mean, that, that would be my guess. If that would be my only guess based off of that line, based off of that, of that limo scene, my guess Not would be. Not only the limo scene, but also the scene where he has the dream and it talks about did we talk about that one already? The dream? Uh, Didn't he have a dream? Ah, uh, when? He had a dream. He had a dream right? at the house with the with the uh, fortune tellers before what's her face woke up. Woke him up, I think. Oh no, he had a dream about um something else in the very beginning. Uh, about the the bowl with the flaming eye. The bowl with the flaming eyes. Okay, I I I, I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I th- it was brief. I thought it was super brief. Was it brief? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was brief. Yeah. But so. still, I mean, you know, you take little clues here and there because if an author is showing you something, it's for a reason. So you kind of can piece things together slowly. I don't know why. Uh, uh, well. And then there's also the fact that he's only approaching older gods. So if the guy is like threatening him enough to the point where he's like, I'm going to delete you. Yeah. Um, and you know, like he's so interested, like, what is he hiring you for? How long have you been working for him? What is the plan? Like, what is he doing? Yeah. Which is, which is why that kind of added some mystery to me. Like what? Okay. So what is his plan? What is he trying to do? But I mean, but if someone's going to do that, there has to be a purpose. So no one's just going to randomly do that. If that was the case, it probably wouldn't have been such a detailed scene. It probably would have just been in passing. Well, I guess, I mean, look. You're, it looks like you've been, you definitely pay attention to more detail than I do. Um, it's my flaw when I read books. Uh, my flaw is I will read a book in its entirety. Like I read the like I've read the entire Harry Potter series, right? And people will mm-hmm. bring up scenes where I'm like, "That happened. When did that happen?" You know, like I don't remember any of that stuff happening. And there's the, there's things that I guess. I just that, that just don't hit like a lot of the big scenes hit like a lot of those big scenes kind of stay with me, but a lot of side scenes or maybe things that may, didn't happen very long maybe it don't happen for a page or two. Uh, for some reason, it just doesn't 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 stick to my thought memories of a book like 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 the Viking thing, you know, and Odin. I remember it now, but when I you know when we first started talking about it, I'm like I don't remember any of this, so. I think, and I don't know how, how the average reader reads. I'm probably I'm pretty sure the, the average reader is much more 
much more astute and much more uh, aware of kind of what's going on. It took me like, it took me, um, I don't know, two and a half reads of Jurassic Park to kind of get the entire story because they were, you know, it, 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 I don't know why I just gloss over stuff like movies too. Like I'll watch a movie. I have to watch a movie a few times to really get everything. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. a visual medium, you know, like I'm looking at it, like I'm seeing stuff happen on the screen with this. It's all imagination. So for me, it's a little harder to kind of put those pieces together. Um, if you're saying those are what the pieces are, I mean, I- I'm awesome. Like that's cool. Like, then there you go. That's the plot. It, it, I probably would have, it would have taken me longer to get to that point. And also, you know, books have subtlety. Books have subtext. You know, it, it has stuff in here where you, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something. And that's why, and I'm a dude, you know, I can't, I don't read subtlety well. I guess. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, don't I, know. I think of it this way. I think of it this way. The book is a woman and I'm a guy and she's trying to tell me she likes me. But I don't, I'm not picking up on anything she's putting down. I'm just like, oh, all right. High five. You know, like I, I'm not, I'm not picking up what she's putting down. So I need, I probably in a chapter or two or maybe in this next chapter when they kind of, kind of spell it out. I'm like, oh, oh, there you go. Okay. Now I know what's going on. That might be the kind of, the kind of reader I am is I needed a little more spelled out for me, which is not the first okay. time. Not the first time I've had to do that. Maybe not the perfect reader for a book club, but I mean, I'm happy you remember everything. Um, Why wouldn't you be like the perfect reader for a book club? It because, doesn't really matter. Because I would for, like I would forget stuff, you know. Even though I did, I, I remember all those scenes except for the Viking stuff. It's just like, oh well. But anyway, uh, so far so good. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I'm really liking the pace. It's a really good pace. Uh, I think. I hope there's not too many more of these kind of side little side stories. Oh no, it's going to be throughout the book. Okay. Well, all right. I mean, because uh, if you remember in the beginning um when we first read the intro oh. and Neil Gaiman was talking about when he wrote the stories. Yeah. He said that he when he lost what Shadow was doing and he wasn't sure what Shadow was going to do he'd stop and he'd write coming to America stories. Right. He would, uh, he would interject. Yeah. And I think, um, I think this is, a, again, we're reading the, the version that he, he added a bunch of stuff that was removed that the publisher removed originally. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that some of these stories may have been removed because it does, it does kind of mess with the pace a little bit of the story, putting these little story, little, little things in because you're mm. not, you're in the middle of, if for, for, you know, cause it's not like Game of Thrones where you're following like nine different characters. You're following one guy from his perspective. You're following one guy, but I feel like this, the, um, every single snippet with the coming to America stories or even the one with, um, Bilquis added to the story. It really added a different dimension to the story than just having us follow Shadow around singularly because Shadow doesn't know everything. He barely knows, you know, what's going on in his own life mm-hmm. and where he's going because so much has changed for him. Um, so he doesn't know like the backstory of the gods and it sort of adds like a new dimension to it. Like you get to see um, stuff that's not completely spelled out. So like with Bill Quist, you're seeing like, okay, so they rely on worship. Like, 
she feeds off of his worship. She's not asking for money or anything like that. She's asking for worship and that's what feeds her. Yeah. Besides his body. I, um, I, and I think that's, maybe that's where I, I, maybe I, maybe that's where I'm getting it. Like, if it's a character, if they do it from the focal point of a character, it's fine. I like, again, that the Viking thing was the only one I don't remember. And I think it's because it was a general, like kind of a general thing. That one kind of brought to light the fact that the gods come with the people and stay there because of the people. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm perfectly fine with that aspect. No. So, I mean, like, it's not just like random stories that don't make sense. It's, oh, it no. adds to it. I mean, I understand that the, these stories add to the mythos of the entire book. Like, it gives a backstory and it gives a backbone to what's going on in the in the main plot line. I think what what gets me is um, it's like if it was a cha- I don't know. Like, I, I I think I think if it was a little more um, like if they if they had a more familiar, you know, like the like the Mad Mad Sweeney was in the um, Essie story. If there was a God that we had passed by or was mentioned, maybe it would mean more to me. I don't know. And and mind you, we've only got through three. And the Bilkus one I was into because sex was involved. <laughs> the uh you know, the um the Essie thing I was into because it was a compelling story. Like it was really compelling to watch how she or to to see how she made her way to the you know from from the UK to the US and and her kind of like her her path with the the favor of the gods during that entire time like technically the gods were with her that entire time because she could have been hung you know she could have died at, at any point based on her actions and somehow some way she lived a long and happy life despite the fact that Technically, she should have been killed because she she committed a crime twice. And again, the second time you do it, you normally die. The second time you commit a crime after returning from your from traveling, after returning from being on a boat. So, I, I thought that was a really compelling story. I really liked it. Um, I guess if it sticks to that kind of format, I, I'll I'm in. But I don't know. I mean, I, we've only got through three. I, I guess as more happen, I'll be like, okay. Okay, we need these stories. Okay. And I, I think it's just because we've only gone through a couple so far, a few that I'm just like, I need, I just need to, to, to kind of get my, my head straight on the idea of having these mini stories uh, scattered throughout uh, the main book. It's not a huge book. You know what I mean? Like it's not a gigantic book, but mm-hmm. the, again, the, the pacing is really good. Like they really know how to, they really know how to, to, to kind of make, make the story move along. So I'm a fan of that. Um, yeah. So do you have a favorite character this week? Uh, I don't know. What about you? I, I let me think. I have to think about it. Um. <laughs> Wait, you asked me the question. You don't have an answer for this question. No, I have an answer. Yeah. Um. I think my favorite character this week was probably um Shadow. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm noticing. Some things I, I took notes. Uh, some things that I noticed about Shadow so far right. was that he takes lots of things in stride, like like how I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to like be in complete shock that he's hanging out with all these people and meeting all these people that um have different abilities and skills, and you know he's getting like people who are like stealing the moon out of the sky and giving it to him as a coin, or mm-hmm. um people claiming to be um you know like 
leprechauns and stuff. He seems to take it all in stride. And uh, there's some points where it seems like he's not completely convinced that they're actually gods. Like he's always asking, how did you do that? You know, ex- yeah. especially with the coin tricks. How did you do that? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks that they're really tricks when they're actually, you know, gods and can just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like the leprechaun yeah. was able to just, he said that he was able to take the um, coins right out of um, the air. Yeah, right. But he was sort of like, how do you do it? Like, I'm still not sure how you do the trick. Um, well, yeah, because he still thinks it's a trick. It's not like... Yeah, he thinks it's yeah. a trick. Um, but yeah, but it seems like he's taking everything in stride. Like, even his dead wife appearing, besides, like, him being in initial shock, it was sort of like, if that happened to me, I would be so in such shock that I would probably, like, scream, <laughs> not have a conversation, you know? <laughs> like, run out of the room. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Um, no, I agree with that 100%. I, I'm, I'm, I am really waiting for his, for the shoe to drop on him because I feel like, I feel like as, as he's taking everything in stride, it's like, it seems unnatural or supernatural for him to be taking the, taking things in stride. Like, I'm waiting for him to really freak out because a normal person, you know, and he's supposed to represent normal people, right? Like he's supposed to be a regular, a regular guy, but he's not, not reacting. Like we normal. don't, we don't know. We don't know. Well, now that we know that he has the ability to make it snow, he, we we know that he has the ability to make it snow, and we also know that he doesn't know anything about his lineage because um, they, they in the first, first chapter yeah. they hinted at like, oh, are you um, are you Native American? I I think one of the prison guards asked him that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brought and up. And he's like, oh, I don't know because my mom never told me or – he said that to himself in his yeah. head. Like, oh, she never told me. I, and it sort of hints at like we don't know his lineage. So we don't know if he's like – He could be a demigod. A demigod or if he just has like some kind of somebody in his family who is like connected to that world or um, if he's um, – you know, just sensitive to that kind of thing because why else would Wednesday just choose some rando guy? Right. You know? Yeah. There, there has to be, it's either that he's like completely random and just by being around Wednesday, he has the ability to like do all these cool tricks, like think about snow and then make snow happen. Yeah. Or there's some kind of power like untapped power that he has and he's just not sure about it because he doesn't know about his lineage. Yeah. I mean, he, uh, he could be Hercules for all we know. So I'm hoping in the next couple chapters, we're going to do another three, uh, six, seven and eight, um, and see where it goes. But, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't but know. But what's your favorite character? <laughs> you oh, still didn't answer. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I really like the Essie story. Um, I thought that was a relief. Like, uh, it was, it was, uh, you don't know. You, it was like, it went through this, this series of events and you didn't really know where it was, what we were trying to get from it until the very end. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. is again, the purpose of these stories is to prove the, you know, is to, to emphasize the existence of these gods. And so I really, I think that storyline really, I just really enjoyed, um, even though I, I don't remember all of the details, like with the with the kids and stuff, like with her children. Well, you, well, you remembered it more so than the um, the the 
Odin story. So. Well, yeah, the Odin story again. That Odin story just went right over my head. I think, but uh, this, yeah, that that Essie story. I was like, okay, this is. I was, I was, I was, I was locked in. Um, if it had to be one of the main characters, um, again, we don't. We oh, really our our most our our uh, biggest amount of screen time is with Wednesday and with Shadow. They are the ones that we spend a lot of time in these stories. Uh, but I thought Wednesday really kind of, um, took it to the next level, uh, by doing the, this, the heist. I thought the heist was a really, was a really fun idea. Um, I really, I I had a smile on my face when I was seeing that, you know, when they were talking about how people were just like, all right, here, you know, they just gave the guy the money. And then, you know, the, uh, calling Shadow up to say, Hey, what's this guy doing out here? So, yeah, I mean, if it had to be Wednesday would have been my character for the week. He was just, um, he was just, I don't know, he was more, uh, he, he's been the most interesting yet with these last few chapters. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's been the most, um, he's finally, he's not just some Mysterio person who ha- who's vague about everything. Like he actually did stuff and things actually happened. And so I really like that. Mm-hmm. Part, so there you go. Did I answer, did I answer your question properly? Yeah. Okay. Was there anything that stood out in the story besides the Essie thing? Uh, the heist was the big like, so far. The heist was my favorite. Like my it, on of the main plot line, the heist and um the coin from the the moon, I think were the two standout ones. The checker game, whatever. I mean, I thought the checkers game was fine. I wish they did chess because he said he played chess too, but they ended up playing checkers. Mm-hmm. And I, I really would have liked to see a chess scene. Uh, mostly because I'm just a, a huge fan. I mean, I, I, I've been playing. I played chess when I was um, in elementary school, and I remember like playing with other. Because like, you know, t- seven year olds and eight year olds don't know how to play chess. You just move pieces around the board, and you hope you win. Uh, so I did mm-hmm. that a lot. But um, yeah, so I know it, it was really good. Uh, I, I would have to say the 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 heist. If I had to pick one, the heist was was really awesome. What about you? Um, the thing that stood out with the story was just um, the story itself, like the the amount of lore and mythology that was included in the story so far yeah. um, is a lot of research. Um, unless Neil Gaiman is like an expert in everything lore and mythology, like he studied it and knows all about it, like that must have been like a lot of research to put into just a few chapters because of the amount of people that he brought out mm-hmm. in the different stories and um, just like how each person was um, worshipped and everything, the, the deities. Yeah. That, that takes a lot of time to research and a lot of hard work just for those few chapters. Yeah. I guess for like mythology majors or whatever, it's like a, it's like a, a treasure trove Easter eggs of like, Hey, look, we mentioned this got over here. Hey, look, we mentioned the whole like leaving food out and on the pantry or whatever. Like, Hey, you want a good crop? You got to do this. Like, I think it's a, yeah, it's a lot of research. And I mean, if he's into it, you know, if that's the thing he's into, that'd be a lot of fun research at least. It'd be a lot of fun to kind of look that stuff up. And, and, and Yeah. But it's just interesting the amount that he's probably put in. Cause I'm, um, even if you're an expert at it and you've like studied it, mm-hmm. it you know, names and, and, um, beliefs can kind of get scrambled up in there. You have to 
double check your work and everything. Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm fairly, I'm fairly certain he did. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, he knew what he was talking about. And uh, I'm sh- certain there'll be much more uh, as we progress. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I just really need to start. I might have to reread, you know, read the three chapters twice in order to get, you know, what's mm-hmm. going on. Because, like, you'd think I know. You'd think I'd be able to, re- to, to, to figure this stuff out. I mean, have you ever done a, a mystery murder, di- uh, murder mystery dinner? No. Hmm. I have. I've done it. And, you know, it's just a, a bunch of actors. They, they, they cause a murder and they give out the clues and, you know, someone has to figure it out. And whoever figures it out gets, like, a little prize. So my mm-hmm. family and I are doing this thing, you know, and I take it super seriously. You know, everyone's kind of laughing. Like, oh, even somebody at our table was like one of the players, you know, was one of the actors in the thing. I even talked to the worst part was I talked to the guy, you know, and it's like, Hey, this is the first time doing this. I says, yeah, this is the first time I've done. This is super cool. And he totally got me like, as if he was just a regular guy, even though he was dressed up in the era clothing, like everyone's dressed up in era clothing. I just thought, Oh, he's a, co- mm-hmm. you know, he's a cosplayer, like doing this thing, whatever. He's really into it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, psh- I, I, I mean, I won. Uh, like, I paid attention to all the detail of this stupid murder mystery thing. And this book that actually spells out everything that's happening, I can't seem to retain that information. <laughs> like, they spell it out for you in every page. But when I did the murder mystery thing, it's like, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, sure, whatever. So I think it's kind of dumb that I can't really just suck it up like that. But I, it, it, that's just it's just how I read. It's terrible. But anyway. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I so, really like the bits with um, Chernabog and Zoria, Zoria. Yeah, the the, the Zoria Uchun and Yaya, all yeah. the sisters, Zoria's sisters. The sisters was I, I love that you know they made a terrible dinner that they all just kind of sucked up and ate. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, and it sort of added to the whole thing about you know um, how it was in the beginning for them mm-hmm. and how different it is now. Like they can't do anything. Yeah, no one's giving them the food yeah. anymore. They have to make it themselves. Right. They used to have people to do that. Yeah. Well, they were worshipped enough where they would get these offerings of food, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. Or have somebody, you know, have enough wealth where it was like someone else could do it. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was, a, it's a, I mean, like I said, um, we're done establishing the characters. You know what I mean? Like we don't, these chapters are not about establishment anymore. It's all about progression. And so I really, yeah, I'm with you that a lot of these, um, like it's getting compelling, like it's getting, it's getting your attention. So those are good scenes. Yeah. Those are, yeah. Those are good characters to introduce. I really like those characters. Too. I just like, I just like their whole dynamic as, well, and wasn't there another one? They had, he had another brother, right? Like I, I thought it was just, Chernabog like had a brother named, Bella, Billabog or something. Maybe. Billabog. Maybe. Chernabog and Billabog. What happened to the brother? He said something like he left and and he didn't see him after. Maybe he started a clothing company. Yeah, uh-huh. Billabong. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, like I said, all of the characters so far are very compelling. And what I like is that they have these really fleshed out personalities. They're not, um, you could distinctly tell who's who if you were to kind of put them up in a lineup. Like they have, 
very distinct personalities, which is kind of fun. Yeah, they're not just all grouped into one, and they all look and sound and act exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Even they're all sisters, and um, you know they don't have the same personality. And I, I I like that about Neil Gaiman's writing is that he doesn't he does that even for like really small characters. Not to say that all of them are going to be small characters, but. Yeah. We don't know if they're they're going to be like um, have some role a large role to play in the future, but um, it seems even for like the side stories, you know, he puts a lot of effort into the characters and describing them, and he puts a lot of thought into building that one character for that one scene. They're not going to be in much after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a t- Essie, yeah. for example, is probably not going to show up in the book again. No, but, but you're going to remember her. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to, yeah, you know, we, we, we don't really talk about how the writing style is. We don't really talk about how he does character development because we're already kind of in, you know what I mean? Like we're in, mm-hmm. we're sold. I shouldn't say we're in, we're sold already on the story. But yeah, it's as a writer, you know, as a person who's written, you know, I've written a bunch of like incomplete short stories in the past. Like I, I used to write a lot of these really, you know, compelling fantastical stories and with very all my characters sucked i'm not gonna lie all of my characters sucked because they didn't have a distinct personality i just kind of let them talk you know when i used to write screen uh when i used to write screenplays for for like these little skits and stuff that that my friends were doing or that like i did for work for like a promotion or something i'd write these skits and I realize I'm not very good. Like, I'm good at making witty dialogue, but I'm not a good at making distinct characters. And Neil is very good at that. He's very good at just, with just a few lines, be like, here you are. This is who this person is. Yeah, it paints a, a clear picture of what you kind of draw the conclusion yourself mm-hmm. with the amount that he gives you, and you just sort of complete it. But, um, yeah, he doesn't have to spend, like, an hour on one character to get you to understand what kind of person they are. Yeah, and I'm a big reader of fantasy, and a lot of fantasy authors like to be very elaborate with how a person looks. You know, they'll talk about like how short their hair is, or whether they not have a they have a beard, or what color their beard is, and blah blah blah. Like they get very detailed, and I hate it because it's taking away from time to talk about the plot. You know, to talk about what's going on in the actual story, and you know, much like um, like <laughs> like my favorite author to do this is Orson Scott Card, like. He doesn't describe, he like barely describes anything, but you can picture it because it's there, but he uses very little descriptor in his, in his writing. He's another one with very distinct characters. They're all very different. They're yeah. Not just. Oh yeah, for sure. They, yeah. Um, just, I, God, the shadow series was so, was, it wasn't boring, but it was very heavy and long winded. It wasn't as adventurous as the, uh, original Ender series, which is the only th- ones I've read. Mm-hmm. I've only read Enders and I've only read the Shadow series. So, you know, mock me, if you will, uh, about my, my, my literate, my literary, uh, acumen. But yeah, uh, we'll probably still, t- we'll probably talk more about how Neil Gaiman is very, you know, is good at kind of painting the pictures. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're very fortunate that, uh, that we picked a good book. Like, obviously it's a good book because they turned it into a series. So it's not like we picked the right. book. Oh, well, and Neil Gaiman is a very good author to begin with. He's- yeah, I'm, I'm learning that very quickly. So very, very cool. Anyway, 
anything else? Any other any any other things that you you want to discuss about the the last three chapters? Any? Um, there were some other things I wrote down, but I feel like we kind of discussed it as we were going along just, about just, how like just a bullet point what you what you had on. Well, your, no, we brought it up during um, during the reading. I one of the questions was what was your favorite like clip or snippet or coming to America, and it was pretty evident that the one with Etsy was your favorite because you didn't remember the other. I know, I know. Well, you know, I, I guess yeah, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think that. But was- to be fair, that one kind of focused on a character, not just like a bunch of people. It wasn't. Yeah, it was more of the the, the Viking one. The Odin one was setting up a scene. It was kind of just like, hey, let me just tell you a little. Like, it was in the. It's the kind of story you would tell in front of a fire, like at a campsite or something. Like, hey, let me tell you the story. About how the the gods came to America, and you tell this little bit, you know, this little snippet, and like, ah, okay, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. But with with Essie, it's more of like, okay, I'm going to pitch you a story. Let's see if you like it. Was it was pretty personal. It yeah. was about her life and what she went through, as opposed to just like a bunch of, um, like just, if they if he had done it with like a bunch of Irish immigrants mm-hmm. instead of just Essie as the main focus, and it might have not like rung as um, Hollow true or yeah. it would have felt sort of empty like it wouldn't have stuck with you as much as since since he drew um, he started the story with Essie yeah and I'm, ass- I'm assuming he's going to change up his style for these uh, uh, these upcoming um, kind of these upcoming branched stories I mean I don't know mm-hmm uh, I, I think it's fine. I just, I just need to again. I, I, I probably these next three chapters, I'm gonna have to read at least twice to kind of make sure I get everything because I, I don't want to miss out. Well, we have, we have a whole week. Yeah, that's not enough. I'm very busy, <laughs> so busy. So I might just, in, in a perfect world, I'll read all three, and then I've read all three chapters. In a no, in a perfect world, I read it twice. But in reality, I will only probably read them once. Mm. I only have I don't I only have so much time in my day. Well, I, I mean, um, hopefully, two weeks doesn't pass by before we talk about it. So I'm pretty sure um, if you read it within the week, mm. it'll be fresher in your mind, and we'll be able to have a conversation about it. Sure. I and mean, look, we had a conversation about this, so that worked. I know, but it was like mostly me just recounting it. <laughs> That's how I did that. Well, that was me for the first. That was me doing the first. The, the first episode of this was me just recounting the first two chapters. That's true. Was, yeah, that's kind of how we're doing this. You know, I don't. Again, we don't. We've never had a book club before, but I think we're doing it right. You know, we talk about what happened in the story. We discuss what we think about what happened in the story, and then like you have these questions, which I love, um, and we just ask. You know, we just kind of elaborate on like what our favorite stuff was. So I, I, I mm-hmm. think it's great. I think I think what we're doing right now is a, a a really good way of breaking down what we've seen and what we've read, uh, three chapters at a time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think either of us has enough time to just do more than three chapters at a time. Uh, well, that's kind of true, I guess. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Uh, next time we will have uh seven. Uh, I'm sorry, six, seven, and eight. Six, seven, eight. After that, obviously, uh, nine, ten, eleven. Now I will be out of the country the week afterwards, so we will mm-hmm. actually do have we will have a two week gap between um those those chapters. So we might even do more than the three because I have two. I have I think a 
like a six hour flight and then like a 12 hour flight. <laughs> so I had plenty of time to read. So, uh, um, I may read more than the three chapters we're going to allow ourselves. If you guys listening mm-hmm. are willing to keep up with us, I'll, I'll, I'll warn you guys ahead of time. We'll probably end up doing maybe three to six. I might do the three. You never know. I might just do the three and just stick with it, but we might do up to six. Um, I don't know how many chapters this book's ha- this book has. I haven't looked at the, the, the index, mm-hmm. but if there's more than 11 chapters, then we're still good to go. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely more than 11 chapters. Um, yeah, how many total? I would say 20 something. Hold on. Let me look. Okay. She has the physical. I'm looking through the book. <laughs> um, there's not a thing in the beginning. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm just looking through the actual book, like the back part, to see how what chapter it ends on. Yeah. While you do that, I'll... it has to be twenty something. <laughs> well, while you do that, if you did find this on iTunes, thank you. Go ahead and leave us a review. Please look us up for other, you know, our first episode at sincere-sarcasm.net. Uh, or you can get it on iTunes. You're already there. Might as well get it there. You can follow me at AKA the other guy on Twitter. And that's it. No email address. So you can email Introvert's Guide to the Galaxy, which is this is a, a sister podcast to that podcast because we are the hosts of Introvert's Guide to the Galaxy. Our universe, actually. I keep saying Galaxy, but it's universe. Introvert's Guide to the Universe Galaxy. at gmail.com. Galaxy was the original name. Universe is the current name. So introverts guide to the universe at gmail.com if you want to send us any feedback. So what chapter? Did you 21. 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've got at least another couple months on this. I'm thinking if we end in October, we should probably do like um, a holiday themed A book. scary book. No, because by the time we finish that book, it'll be Christmas. Or maybe so no. Harry Potter. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy Christmas, Harry. No, I don't know if we'll do that, but we'll figure out some type of holiday book. Maybe a weird Thanksgiving book. I don't know. No, if we're going to do one, it either has to be Halloween or, or Christmas. We'll do Halloween. We'll do Halloween. We'll do a Halloween book. We'll do a horror or maybe a horror or. Maybe we'll do like a short story horror. Huh. I don't know, but I don't know what kind of books, horror books you've read. None. I don't read horror. So zero. I've, I read. The occasional horror. Yeah, I haven't read any horror, anything. Like, Stephen King's considered horror. I've never read anything from Stephen King. I'm trying to think of <laughs> what else we can read, because sometimes his books are really pretty long. Well, we have time, so we'll discuss off-air. Um, yeah, yeah, later. we'll figure it out. And you guys will know way before we get uh, started on it. Anyway, so there you go. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I think that's it. Again, we'll be back next week with a brand new show with three more chapters mm-hmm. under our belt. And uh, hopefully you're enjoying this book as much as we are. So have a good, uh, have enjoy, continue your reading your book, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.